Thanks for tuning in to Keep It Legal, the show where we break down concepts, litigation, and current events with our legal experts. I'm your host, Mark Anik, and joining us today is Seth McCloskey with the law offices of Laird and McCloskey in Fort Worth. Seth, first off, thanks for taking time out of your day to chat with us. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. So uh, obviously you and we work together, so I know a little bit about your bio, and I know that you are one of uh, only five trial lawyers in North Texas who are board certified in trucks accident law by the National Board of Trial Advocacy. Tell me about that. What do you have to do in order to achieve that board certification? Um, you know, to get board certified in truck accident law, you have to, well, there's a few things. One is you have to show a work history of working in trucking cases. You have to have a certain amount of trucking trials, trucking settlements, um, you have to have a background to an extent in trucking law. Um, but in addition to that, there is a vetting process through interviews and, um, you know, discussing it with opposing counsel, other lawyers, judges, things of that nature, as well as finally a very thorough exam. It's sort of a full day exam that you have to take that tests you over all the intricacies of trucking law. And when we talk about trucking law, really what we're talking about is the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations and the commercial trucking handbooks and policies that apply to commercial drivers and things of that nature. Okay. If you had to describe your practice, Seth, uh, how much of it, what percentage would be truck accident and what percentage is uh, the other kind of personal injury work that you and Steve Laird do? Sure. Uh, you know, we're probably right now about 75% trucking, 25% other types of personal injury cases, wrongful death. Trucking is one of those fields where the more you start to specialize in it, the more all-consuming it becomes for you because it's so in-depth. So we, we're really trying to, you know, we, we're dug into trucking. That's what we feel we're good at and what we, what we do here. So we're trying to build that even, even more so. Before we go down this path too much further, I want to offer a disclaimer, and I want to get your opinion on it, please, if you would. There are plenty of good truckers and good trucking companies out there that follow the rules and regulations and, and do things the right way. What do you think of that? Well, I 100% agree with that. It really matters if the company cares about safety. If the company cares about safety, and I mean that in a very basic sense, if they care about safety, they're probably implementing policies, procedures, training, uh, all the way that trickles down to their hiring that supports that calling of safety to the motoring public. And so I agree with that 100%. It's, those, it's the other companies and the other drivers who, who don't feel that way and they care more about profit. Uh, that's very concerning for everyone. Right, right. I saw a clip online yesterday when I was getting ready to have this conversation with you. I saw a clip online where someone instructing drivers in, in driver safety was saying good truckers go down the road and they look at the cars around them and they behave as if each car is carrying their own wife and kids. Yeah, I, that, if, if they all did that, we'd all be much safer. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the other side of that coin. I, I've also seen stats and you would know this better than me, so please educate me if you would. I've seen statistics that say something along the lines of 5,500 accidents every day involving 
big rigs? Is that correct? That is more the annual fatality rate. I don't know if that's the number of accidents per per day, but that's about that's around about the annual fatality rate for big trucks. Okay, I thought the number sounded a little so. So, roughly speaking, there are about five thousand or so fatalities relative to big rig accidents in the United States every year. Every single year, and that number continues to climb. It's extraordinary when you think about that, right? We all drive up and down the road every day, and we all pass these huge machines. Yeah, I mean, they're up to 80,000 pounds when fully loaded. There's no way possible that a 3,500-pound passenger vehicle could ever compete with even a bump, a bump in with a large commercial motor vehicle. Um, and, And that's why we're seeing these catastrophic results in every state in our nation. Uh, I have two daughters and I've always told them, hey, if you get in a fight with one of those 40 ton behemoths, they win no matter what. Always, always give way to the trucker. Road rage has no place on the road anyway, but particularly when it comes to these big rigs, you're never going to win that battle. Um, And and not only for your own safety and, you know, the truckers are usually okay, but it's the other cars around you. If something were to happen, it is going to be a widespread multi-car collision usually that affects innocent riders on the road. So just back off, stay safe, give them plenty of room, even if they're driving aggressively, just let them have it. It's not worth it. This is your practice, so I'm going to assume you know the statistics and the numbers much better than I do. What are the stats showing right now with regard to the number of accidents involving big rigs? Are they going up, going down, staying the same? What do we see? Uh, There is a 47% increase in fatal crashes involving large trucks since 2009. Um, And that number is going higher yet still. So every single year for the past 12 years or so, we are seeing an increase in trucking fatalities. And that that includes during the pandemic when there were fewer cars on the road. 47%, that's, you know, an increase of almost half. What's what's driving that in in your view? Uh, You know, a number of things. I think one of the biggest drivers of of the increased fatalities is the fact that I think it's an eight hundred billion dollar industry, the trucking industry, and they are trying to maintain as much profit as possible. And as some of these older, more experienced drivers who you know, when they came into the field, being a truck driver was an honorable profession. It was, you know, it was good work for you and your family, and it took care of what you needed. And it was something that people aspired to be. I'm not saying that's not the case at all now, but I'm saying there's been a dynamic shift and drivers today are younger. They're less experienced. The idea for profit over safety has just infested the trucking industry. Not all the companies. There are some good ones out there, as we discussed. But it is this constant pressure. You're paid by the mile. You're paid by the load. There's waiting time. When you're waiting, excuse me, when you're waiting, you're not being paid. And so the longer you're at the docks, the longer you're waiting, the more money you're losing as a driver, not just on that trip, but on the very next trip that you're also missing out on because you're delayed on this trip, like a domino effect. And so younger, less experienced drivers being paid by the mile, you know, safety is taking a backseat in a lot of these cases. Given that structure where drivers are not 
being paid while they're waiting. Do you see a need for some sort of systemic change in order to promote safety on the highways? Oh, absolutely. Do I see a need? I don't I don't even think that's really a question whether or not there's a need for change. And, you know, one of the easiest changes that could occur immediately would be mandatory crash avoidance systems in these 18 wheelers. If you think about it, if you were to go, not that you can buy a car in a new car lot today, hardly with, you know, the shortages, <laughs> but assuming you could, you'd be hard pressed to find one that doesn't have blind spot safety features, lane assist, lane departure, rear view warnings that beep at you or stop your vehicle. Um, those are in our passenger cars everywhere we look, but you know where they're not? They're not in these 80,000 pound commercial vehicles. And if they had those safety features, hundreds, if not thousands of lives will be saved every single year. And, and some of those safety features or excuse me, some of those passenger cars include the automatic braking now, correct? Yeah. Where sensors will literally break the car if the driver is unaware, distracted, you know, or just does something wrong. You know, and, and there is a push now for these autonomous 18 wheelers. That's probably a, a discussion for another day. But, you know, those we all know we're seeing the testing out in different states with passenger vehicles. They are doing some testing with commercial motor vehicles, too. You know, it may not be a bad thing. They're not driven by the profit of, you know, how fast they can get down the road and how quickly they can do a turnaround trip. Um, you know, they're they're. They have a lot of safety features in them. And as things progress, a lot of these companies are developing more and more safety features in their vehicles, but we're still not anywhere near where we should be. And we're not anywhere near even where passenger vehicles are. You are in Fort Worth. You do cases all over Texas. I'm in the Dallas area. Statistically, where does Texas stand when you look at the map of of the country and truck accidents? You know, that's a good question. There are a lot of highways in Texas, and Texas is a very big state. Uh, Everything seems to travel pretty much through Texas at one point or another, whether it's an international trip or whether it's a Pacific to Atlantic trip. The only trucks that probably really avoid Texas much are like New York to California type trips, but even those have supplies being driven in. So we are a huge mega hub within the nation for truckers and trucking accidents, just in Dallas alone, between I-30, you know, 35 North, 20, 45, 75, we have such major highway systems here that we there's no shortage of truck accidents and trucking fatalities here locally. Let's talk a little bit about supply chain. We're at the point now where the pandemic is easing somewhat, but supply chain has been a big issue throughout, and we rely on these truckers and the trucking companies to get products from wherever they come into the country or wherever they're manufactured in the country to store shelves. Is the the disruption in the supply chain creating pressure that contributes to the accident rate? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, when you think of the supply chain, it's not as simple as, you know, boat from China comes over with a crate that gets loaded onto the back of an 18-wheeler and they take it to the store. You've got to have you've got to have the parts in the crates. You've got to have people to unload it. You've got to have people to move it to the truck. You've got to have from the truck over to the facility, whether it's the shipper or to the final end buyer. Then you have to have it unloaded. 
And then they start that all over again, right? And when they're doing it internally without going to the seas, you're waiting at loading docks. And if there's a shortage of staff to, to work at the loading dock, some of these truckers are sitting here waiting for 12, 15, 18, 24 hours unpaid, sitting there waiting. Uh, if you were to scour YouTube videos right now, you could find a lot of complaints by truckers about just sitting and waiting. And so what they're doing is they're, they're not being paid for this time. They're falling behind, like I talked about earlier, and then they're trying to make up lost time once they finally have their load and once they hit the open highway. And, and then another factor that comes to my mind is the worker shortage. It affects the trucking industry just as it does everybody else. We've all walked into a store or a restaurant. It seems there are fewer employees everywhere. What worries go through your mind when you start to think about a trucking company that can't find enough properly trained, licensed drivers? Do you worry at all that they're putting people behind the wheel that shouldn't be there? That is probably the single biggest concern that I have. You know, the federal infrastructure bill right now is actually doing a, dem- a sort of a demo about 18-year-olds and putting them behind the wheels of these 8,000-pound vehicles. 18-year-olds. Um, 18-year-olds. Right now, you have to be 21. That's right. 18 years old. And this push is done by mega corporations like Walmart um, and so on and so forth. But the idea is that you're already putting young and experienced drivers behind the wheel. But when you look at the driving requirements, it's just a test. They take a road test and they take a written test, with which a lot of these companies will give them the answers to. I don't know that you can fail the written test, frankly. And so that's it. You're hired and now go across the country. You know, Godspeed. And the problem with that is a lot of these companies are not continuing the education. They're not continuing the training requirements. And a lot of these companies, again, not all, but a lot of them are turning a blind eye to violations. Um, And, you know, we could go through those. There's 700 pages of federal regulations on the types of violations that can be incurred, but they're just turning a blind eye to it, even though they have the technology available to see it and to hear what's going on. They're just ignoring it because they're putting profit over safety. I remember how good a driver I was or perhaps was not when I was 18 years old. So I shudder to think about driving a big rig at that age. Exactly. Let's talk about an actual accident happening. God forbid I'm driving down the road. I get into an accident with one of these big rigs and maybe I'm one of the lucky ones who can unbuckle and get out of the car. What would you tell somebody in that situation to do? Well, first I'd say usually, like you said, you'd have to be a lucky one to be able to get out. Um, Most of our clients are family members of those who passed away because a lot of times you don't walk away from those. But the first thing you do, at least consult with a board certified trucking lawyer, someone who knows the federal motor carrier safety regulations. Um, you know, at our firm, we've all driven 18 wheelers. Um, we have flown up to Billings. You've actually driven an 18 oh, yeah. wheeler? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. I took a, uh, I took a truck driver training course um, to learn how to drive one so I could better understand the dynamics of it. How'd Back, you do? You know, actually, I think I did okay. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a, there was, but, you know, then they threw a curveball at me and they used a different truck that had this like manual operator switch, little red uh, secret, like nuclear button on it. And that, that messed <laughs> everything up. But 
But we did that so that we would understand the dynamics of driving and some of the pressures of driving. But to your question, though, Mark, what to do? Call a lawyer. Uh, call a board certified trucking lawyer if you can, because I can tell you almost immediately there are going to be boots on the ground from the trucking industry. The motor carrier is going to send out their claims adjusters. They're going to send out their safety directors. They're going to send out their people. There are documents that we've recovered through discovery uh, in other trucking cases that tell the drivers, do not admit fault. See if you can get the other side to admit fault before the police come. Um, They do everything they can to already pre-litigate the case, sometimes before the cops have even showed up. And so when the police get there, there's already a script to follow. Um, And the biggest risk for a person injured is that evidence will be destroyed. They're going against, if you take it on with an unqualified lawyer, or if you take it on by yourself, you're going against this $800 billion industry in effect. Um, So you need to to hire someone who's there to represent you, who knows where to look for, knows the laws, and knows how to stand in your shoes to fight the big powers of the trucking insurance industry. If uh, someone were involved in an accident and they did not turn to a lawyer right away, I know there are statutes of limitation, and I'm going to guess those vary state to state, but is it ever too late, Seth, to call you or call Steve and say, please look at my case? Well, in Texas, we have a two-year statute of limitations. There are different statute of limitations in other states, like you said. A trucking case, though, unlike several other cases, uh, types of cases, needs to be dealt with very quickly. Um, You have telematics data that are located in almost every single big rig truck built after 2015, um, and that data can be destroyed or lost. Uh, Is that like, uh, uh, just, just so that we all understand, is that something like a black box inside the truck? Yeah, well, they have the engine control module as well. That's the black box. That can track your speed, your braking, and hard brake data, meaning you're going 60 in the truck, and then you go down to zero. That will be deleted after the next time that that vehicle is started up and driven off with hard braking once again applied. So you're losing data constantly uh, the longer you wait. And that's why it's important to hire a lawyer to put out a spoliation letter telling everyone, hey, you need to preserve this evidence. Don't touch it. Don't alter it. Don't change it. We go out there. We do inspections. We do downloads. We start building the case and the investigation really from day one. Uh, Last question. Any advice for those of us who are driving down the road today? I mean, as I said at the beginning, we all pass these these big trucks all day long. I mean, honestly, the best advice I can give is is what you give your kids. Uh, Just stay back, give way, let the 18-wheelers do what they're going to do. Uh, don't let emotions or temperament get involved. Uh, just stay back. And remember this, those 18 wheelers, when they put a you know 75 foot space between them and the car in front of them in heavy traffic, they're not doing that so you can cut in and take up that space. They're doing it because it is hard to stop an 80,000 pound rig. They're trying to be safe in those moments. Also remember the 18 wheelers can't see you. Uh, if you can't see their mirrors, they definitely can't see you. Um, so stay back, make yourself known, only pass when safe, and really just back off. Just back off. I thought of one other thing I want to ask while we're all here. In Texas, we went through, in the last legislative session, uh, a round of discussion, and there was legislation with regard to truck accidents in Texas. 
Has that changed anything as far as my rights as a driver or what you can do as an attorney representing me? Yeah, the, the, the Texas legislation is designed to protect the trucking industry. Um, and what has happened is now the trucking company, they can hire a bad driver. They can violate all the federal motor carrier safety regulations. They can put an unqualified, undertrained, uh, couldn't pass a background check type driver behind the wheel. And he goes off and he kills a family of five with his negligent or grossly negligent driving conduct. All the, all the commercial motor carrier has to say is, yep, he was our employee. He was in the course and scope of his employment with our company. And that stops our ability to go after the company in, in, in essence, at that point in time, right then and there. Now we can still get around it, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop the, the public. They're trying to stop the jury from ever hearing all the evidence about how the company violated all the regulations, about how the company cared more about profit than about safety. And the Texas legislature had, took it hook, line, and sinker. You know, I'll tell you this orphans don't have lobbyists, right? But the trucking industry, they do. And so we're getting laws that are bending to their will, designed to protect them and hide the truth more than they are to protect the motoring public. And it's a sad state of affairs, but we as, as trucking plaintiff's attorneys, we're, we're figuring it out, we're working around it. And so far I'll say it has not in any way changed our approach. And I don't believe at the end, it's gonna change the end result for our clients. Any opinion on your part? Uh, there have been an awful lot of stories in the news of late. Texas Governor Greg Abbott shut down a number of the border crossings. We all saw the photos, the video, the inspectors going through the trucks. I don't want to get into the politics of that, but I know that I saw in some of the coverage, there were trucks that were being flagged for bad brakes, poor maintenance. You know, Flagging for out-of-service violations, which is essentially what you just talked about, if the vehicle, the commercial motor vehicle, is not up to safety standards because of braking or lights or gas lines or weight or whatever the case may be, they can be held as out-of-service, meaning it has to be repaired or towed away before it can be driven uh, back on the road. These out-of-service violations, really, they affect the company more than they really probably affect the driver, although I know there's people would argue differently. But at the, at the end of the day, if the driver is still able to get back on the road and if the company is not taking the out-of-service violations seriously, then we're going to keep seeing what we're seeing. So I think it's a good idea anytime that law enforcement steps in and tries to kind of crack down on out-of-service violations, I think that makes the roads safer for our families and our friends and for innocent people out there. But to the extent that it's just a slap on the wrist and they put them right back on the wrong road, uh, that is a serious problem. It, it looks good for the moment, but it doesn't have a long-term effect. Exactly. Seth, thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your, uh, your thoughtful responses. And thanks for taking the time out to join us today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Seth McCloskey of the Law Offices of Laird & McCloskey, a truck wreck litigation firm, in Fort Worth, Texas. Make sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tune in next time to Keep It Legal. I'm your host, Mark Anik. See you next time.